I already pressed record. Oh, is this live? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're back. It's been a minute. It's been uh It's been far too long. It's been what, three months, four months? I don't know, but I missed looking into your eyes from this angle. Yeah, we haven't sat down with the uh you know, T V off and just the mics in our hand for, for far too long. Yeah, so welcome back to uh season two. By popular demand. I don't even know what we call this. The first two episodes were uh a trial run. But we'll call that, uh, it's like The Office whenever they have six episodes in season one where it's just like the pilot. Yeah, they didn't know if it was going to be like good or not. Yeah, and then they just get renewed and renewed and renewed for many more seasons and it blew up into the show it was today. Except the massive network didn't give us a check. Our uh, friends just kept bothering us about doing this again I or think starting. That, I think that means a lot more than a, a, bra- a check deal or a fucking platform. I, uh, I it's just, what the people want. I just enjoy talking and uh, the listeners listening, getting a, a little bit of, of a deeper dive into our lives, and uh, you know, a little, little updates along the way. Have I we even like started? Like, have we even? Uh, dare I say, started a movement? There's like other people wanting to, uh, you know, make their own podcasts. I don't know if we started it. I think once upon a time, Joe Rogan did. No, no. no as far as just like our like you know, friend group and circles go. Like I've heard like, you know, Garrett, uh, some boys in Austin talking about like a gambling podcast. Garrett? Oh really? That's, I haven't even heard that. That's a well, good idea. Well, this is though. like, you know, um, in the past, but we're actually, you know, the ones kicking it off. And it feels I good. don't know if we can talk about gambling again. That was a hot topic. Like our first episode, we were fresh from Vegas. Well, I guess, you know, uh, on the note of gambling, March Madness is coming up, and I'm going to have... Are you going to run that bracket? I'm going to put so much money in Bovada, and uh, our work's actually doing a March really? Madness bracket. That's like Don't you go. win like a million dollars if you hit that bracket, or like a perfect bracket? I don't think anyone's ever hit a perfect bracket before. Are you going to... Maybe that's not You should true, bet a future for the like, final score of the last game or something. I'd bet Kentucky to win it all. That'd do it. Like the only. Do that right now. I bet the odds are amazing. Yeah, I bet they are insane. Um, so what's new in your life, cutie patootie? Dude, nothing really. <laughs> Just uh, got back from a sick snowboarding trip. Yeah, you... Been on the move. So Mankey, Peter, Jack, and Will decided it'd be a smart idea to leave on a Wednesday afternoon after work and drive 27 hours to Whitefish, Montana. I guess it ended up being a good idea. For the majority of y'all. Oh, no. It was far and away worth it. Would I ever do it again? Probably not. <laughs> Once in a lifetime? Being in a being in a car for, you know, 27 hours, 28, depending on the time change, either the way there or the way back out of an hour, you know, just, you know, time-wise. But um, Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah. So, it's the drive time's the same, but, you know, essentially whenever you get to your it destination. It feels different. Yeah, yeah. Like, the time's an hour off. I can't remember if it's that way or this way, but nonetheless... One of the rawest things as far as just, you know, deciding to drive essentially to Montana from Dallas. I mean, sorry, Canada. To, to Canada from Dallas. Because Whitefish is pretty much as far north as you can go. I think it's like Banff is like the next like 
biggest town in Canada that's closest to Whitefish, and I think it's like two hours away. Three oh, hours it's, away. Clo- it's really close. So it's really <laughs> fucking close. Yeah, and it was just such a gnarly drive, I guess, for, I mean, I guess all definitely all of us, but the, the way it started was Jack took the first shift Wednesday right after work around You'll six like or six. seven. Well, no, we, had, we were trying to leave around like five or six, but Peter got his new truck and that he was just waiting so long at the dealership. Cause like there's like a defect, you know, like the, his bed was defected. So it took like them some time to fix it and actually okay, yeah. sign the papers and all that shit. But whenever we got on the road, it was probably like seven thirty eight. Jack drove until like two or three all throughout the night. Yeah. Yeah. AM. Um, we need to put a disclaimer at the beginning that just says all events portrayed in this were done by professionals. Essentially, yeah, because, I mean, if we weren't professionals starting the trip, we sure are now. Um, but he put, like, 800, 900 milligrams of caffeine in his system to And just tweaked awake. his way to the end of the drive oh, or yeah. his section. Yeah, so he drove until, like, 2 or 3 a.m. I picked up the, like, 3 a.m. to, let's call it 8 or 9. That's worse. Cause That's I had to, significantly worse. Oh, no, it was it – was, I had that shift, you know, starting at 2 – driving all the way to like seven or eight i got that both ways so around like i don't know nine or ten i try to get some sleep just so i can just not like you know be running on total empty um, when i picked up the shift around two or three but um you know just ripped a bunch of caffeine a bunch of stimmies get the brain and the heart rate going a little faster just so you can stay awake and then just got to keep your eyes open and then uh yeah, and then I guess just start working the next day. Me and Jack, <laughs> that's but, fucked. Me and Jack both worked in the car, you know, on the way there. I guess it would have been Thursday, but uh, yeah, this is definitely a gnarly trip. And then we arrive. Good we, skiing? Are you snowboarding? Yeah, yeah. All said and done, we get there, arrive at this like just fucking insane pad, right on the lake, right on Whitefish, just, just beautiful. Um, but then yeah, like the, the skiing itself, I snowboarded. We all snowboarded. Peter skied two or three days, two days maybe. Um, but it was the best snowboarding I've ever done. It was really? so gnarly. Yeah. It was that nice? The uh, We got... Why? Because it was cheap and like good mountains or because it was just the vibes? Good mountain, lo- uh, short lift lines, uh, fresh powder. It looked pretty empty, which is nice. Yeah, no. I, I will trade like... Well, I want to preface it like Whitefish, Montana. It's like the 10th largest... It's pretty cool. Mountain, I guess, ski resort. We got to go in the summer. In the world or in America. And lift tickets are only like $80, $90. And all the other nine above that spot are like, you know, 200 plus. Just, per so day. not only is it like. Per day. Yeah, per day. So not only is you it. You may as like, well buy a pass at that point. Yeah, not only is it like a badass mountain, but it's just so cheap too with low lift lines. I mean, it's pretty low key. It's like not the easiest place to get to, even if you fly in. Yeah, definitely not. And also, we're. Uh, just like walking around the town and there's like this real estate little shop in whitefish next to like the restaurant and bars. And we're just looking at these listings of houses and properties, you know, that were just like posted on the window. And this other like hippie snowboard stoner guy just goes, yo, whitefish, Montana real estate's blowing up, dude. He didn't talk like that. Did he? No, he, he absolutely (laughs) did. He was either hammered stoned or both. Everything all at once. This dude was super jokey and he was definitely like a whitefish hippie. Um, I love that funny guy, but he just comes up and talks to us and he's like, yeah, man, uh, whitefish, Montana and Bozeman, Montana, which is like, you know, three or four hours away from whitefish where we're staying. He's like, it's the most expensive real estate in America right now. Yeah. Whitefish is insane. And I was like, fucking yeah, apparently. Um, but it was just crazy to see that like, you know, nobody's really going to 
or I feel like it wasn't like crowded like an Aspen or a Vale. Yeah, Aspen's and gross. Real estate just so crazy there. But yeah, I've been to Whitefish in the summer. We rented fun. we rented sea dews and rode around the lake. The houses are fucked there. There wasn't there wasn't like from what I saw a lot of houses on the lake that we were staying. I think at. there's like multiple little bodies of water. There's definitely there. lakes all over. Yeah. Uh, it's like Minnesota, Montana, and a few of those like northern states are like sneakily have crazy. Yeah, it's like Texas. There's just a bunch of fucking lakes. Yeah, but uh, the lake was frozen. Did some wa- ran around the the frozen lake. Did some uh, some ice fishing style. Dude, there were actually shenanigans. We'd wake up every morning and look out onto the lake, the frozen lake. And were there people a, out there? There'd be a random guy on the, the snowmobile That's just posted sick. in the middle of the lake. And uh, what we assumed, he was just, you know, had a hole there. Just yeah, definitely. Fishing. 100%. Um, but he I was bet there, it's pretty like, good. Every morning we woke up. I don't know if he caught anything. He was just so far away. But we're like, is that a sled? And they're like, we're like, yeah, it is. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, Montana's just so different out there. Um, Definitely like different. It's a like cool place. Colorado and shit. But yeah, going back in the summer is honestly like a necessity. Yeah. Everyone that sick. we met there was they like, probably yeah, said you, that. You're like, yeah, you got to come back here in the summer. It's, it's actually so pretty. nuts. Like the town's buzzing. Everyone's at the bars. Yeah. Getting hammered. And the uh, um, the trees there are insane. The forest up there is so pretty. Yeah. And we're, t- we're uh, roading. We rode the lift up with this guy. And he was like, yeah, like a couple weeks ago, it was like straight up like negative 20. Like it just gets cold as fuck in the winter. That's fucked. And in the summer, everyone can like actually. It wasn't that cold when you were there. Nah, I was like 20-ish. That's that's light work. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. But he was like, yeah, just super frozen in the winter. And the summer, it's good weather. And everyone can actually do stuff outside. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to have to run that. Yeah, that's that trip sounded fun. I unfortunately couldn't go because, for those listening, if they aren't already aware, I got a job finally. Congratulations. Yay. Yeah, fuck me. Although I'm really enjoying it. I uh, I like it a lot. Real estate's pretty tight. Welcome to the... The corporate world? You're not. I don't know if you're quite corporate. It's a little different. I don't even know. There's if I'm three people in my but, office. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily. No, there's four people. I don't know if I'd call that corporate per se, but yeah, just welcome to the working world. You say you like it, and you're like, oh, I don't mind going to work. I, 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 uh, I have a good time. That'll definitely pass. You'll definitely, uh, dude. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I understand what you're saying. I don't think it will. And not to go too deep into things, but so my Silly pay, Ezra. my pay is commission based. Yeah, no, I so know. So the only way I'm going to put food on my table is if I work. But I did a tour today in the hot, like, they really liked the building. You do, like, office spaces? Yeah, so the company I work for is owner side majority. So we own, like, three or four buildings around Dallas, mainly Addison. So tenant reps come to me with their clients, and they are like, we need this much space, et They cetera, come to you or you go to them or both? both ideally they come to me but realistically i go to them this one you did today was this one today it's called a direct sale so whether it was on costar or they just saw our signs or were googling what's costar costar is like the the twitter of the real estate world yeah it just like catalogs and tracks all the deals that are going on facebook marketplace if you want for real estate yeah it's um that's a whole other discussion for another day, though, because they kind of have a monopoly on the market. It's just a very interesting thing. That doesn't surprise me. And you me. never know who's listening. Shout out, CoStar. You savages. But I don't know exactly how these people found. I am going to ask them if they if I talk to them again, which I'm going to follow up tomorrow. But uh, it's a direct sale. So they don't have a tenant rep, which ends up putting more money in my pocket. Not It's not about the money. It's about the experience. <laughs> but um, 
it was just like a little bit about the money yeah you know i mean we gotta all make something but uh i've done a couple tours i mean i started a month like a month ago i've done other tours since i started but this one i did fully alone my bosses out this week and just the fucking high that i was experiencing afterwards from just thinking about the small chance that they end up getting this place the potential bag the potential bag dude just to make off of i I mean it ends up being like it's not it's not a six month experience like a, a lot of these direct sales i feel like close pretty quick like if someone what i'm trying to say is that if someone comes to me without a tenant rep and they need nothing like i've ever had before and i haven't even closed this deal they could tell me to fuck off tomorrow when i call them and follow up but just knowing the potential is really more motivating than what I had expected originally from all of this. Well, yeah. I also just wonder like if they're looking for office space, like how many people they're going to, to seek out. If Exactly. When there's a tenant rep involved, it tends to be much higher because that tenant rep knows all the different spaces that could work. That's their job. But these direct sales type things where I'm essentially the tenant rep for the, our own building because it cuts out one of the people involved. It really just depends, you know, like they could be looking at a bunch of spaces, but it kind of falls back to a good example being how we found this apartment. You know, we were like, there's so many fucking apartments. I looked at like a couple and then I was just like, I can't do this. No, so many. And we had time. If we didn't have time, I wouldn't have asked for an apartment locator to do this for us. I, we would have just like settled on something. Well, you but like, we would yeah. have, I, like I would have found something for us, but that's because the necessity was more immediate. But the tenant rep would be, I guess, akin to an apartment locator because they know the area. They know what's up. Whereas if I don't have a tenant rep because I need it sooner. I guess if that makes sense. I wonder what their cut is for compared to yours, I guess. I can tell you it's public information. Generally, a tenant rep makes 4.5%. And then the owner side makes two. Okay, wow. We get bent. Hmm. It's well, unfortunate, but it's kind of just the way the business works. <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Is there a way to like, are you trying to like transition into being a tenant rep? Or are you like where you're at? So, or you think you're going to like where you're at? Tenant rep is where the money's at. Yeah. Sounds and you like. know, I mean, it's fucking, we keep cycling back to the money. It's not about the money, but you know, 4% is better than two. And that's just simple math. Yeah. It's the way I was looking at it though, or the way like what I've like come to realize very quickly, the owner side, it's not necessarily easier because you still have to find people, but owner side, you know, the buildings much better because they're your buildings and you have access all the time. So like, I already know the buildings we own really, really well. If I was a tenant rep, I just generally get to the building and it's the first time I'm seeing it in person, unless I had been there prior and like walked around. But Obviously, the more I do something like that, like I'll probably get used to visiting the same buildings over and over again. It's just there's just give and takes with everything. But my boss luckily told me she was like, if it's business, just do it. So I've already there was another guy who needed a really small space and he was unrepresented and he had his like assistant had just found a couple options for him. And um so that's like kind of the first tenant rep style thing I'd be doing. So none of our spaces work. So I just tell these people, if we don't have anything that we own, like I'll find you something because yeah, I right. may as well keep them around. 
because it can always lead to like other stuff because they tell their friends this and that. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, if you don't have an immediate solution, you find one. I figure the fuck out. Who gets to ne- negotiate price? Whose responsibility is that? The tenant rep or in what regard of the office space being sold? Who gets to negotiate? Like, do you who sets the price and who gets to counter offer the you know potential so the, client whenever they the landlord sets the price per square foot, and there's generally like an average of the electric bill or if it's triple net they pay for like w- utilities so it's like a little bit more expensive sometimes but it just really depends like it's based upon the market based upon how much uh like renovation and updating has been done to the building it's just it's all very dependent but the biggest wiggle room is if the person's doing like a 10-year lease or something a one-year lease is going to be pretty solid like you're not going to be able to negotiate a cheaper price when you're going to be there for 365 days. But if you're there for five years or even just two or three more, it, uh, it comes down to like months of free rent, which obviously comes off the general average over the course of however long you're there and ends up lowering your price. Yeah. It sounds like in an apartment getting like a month or two free when you sign blah, blah, blah. Exactly. It's all kind of related, but the tenant rep really just like, they don't hold the client's hand, but the client doesn't know. The client knows they need space, but not where, how, or why. The tenant rep figures that all out, and then they find the landlord representative, which is the owner side, which is me. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds way more boring when I say it out loud. Well, at least you're not in like an office all day. No, I have to, dude. I'm fucking balls to the wall. It's crazy. Like I have to. This I got back today and you were like in the kitchen. You're like, are you done already? And I was like, I was like, uh, kind of snarkily replied. I was like, I'm never done. And I meant that to be kind of just like a douchey thing to say, but not even 10 minutes later, I got a fucking phone call and the guy's like, Hey, he was like, I wanted to see this space. I was talking to you about earlier today. And he, earlier today, he had told me I'm going to call you on Friday, like tomorrow. And we can see if we're going to come look at it. Like, he hadn't even decided he wanted to see it yet, but I had a weird feeling about it. But I came back, was just fucking off, basically. Like, oh, my day's over. And uh, he called me, and he was like, he was like, what time is it? I was like, oh, it's like 1.30. He was like, okay. He was like, can I come by in an hour and come look at the place? And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, absolutely, because, you know, that's my job. Yeah, you have to. But uh, I was like, I'm fucked. I got to put clothes back on. I got to get my mind right and get back over there. Then I had to swing by the office and print shit out, like the pamphlets and stuff. Luckily, and this is the big difference between, or not the big difference, but it's a difference between residential and commercial real estate. Residential, you're selling to private people, your private citizens, the general population. You work a nine to five. So if Mankey needs a fucking house, he's not going to spend three days straight in the middle of the week looking. So it's like, I'm going to see you after you're off at like six or seven. And that's when a residential person's day generally starts. Unless I'm, I mean, if I'm doing some big massive house, they're probably their own boss and it doesn't really matter. But most of the time it'd be like weekends I'm working. And after the general work day is done commercial, a lot of times these people own the businesses and they need a place to lit or they need a place to work. So they can take the time off in the middle of the work week to come look, which kind of like leaves my afternoons and 
uh, weekends a little more free than they could have been. But obviously, I'm still open to whatever works for the client. Yeah, you definitely have to be flexible. That's like a, a plot. Or like Luckily, a, I'm very flexible. At least a positive uh, for working commercial side. You can uh, still get. It's much more a nine to five Monday through Friday than it is a twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. But I still have to be like aware and like. I'm like I'm already this when this phone rings I'm sprinting at it. To what answer. if someone calls you on like a weekend and you're like at the bars just, for example, like on St. Patty's Day and just someone's like, "Hey man, like I got like a pretty good." office space that i need i need it like toward now by like or like by monday it that's unlikely unless i was already talking to the person at least from what i understand to be true for the month i've been working and a lot of times i mean you know these real estate dudes like to drink generally if i want to put everyone together in one group so a saturday afternoon a tenant rep's not going to be bothered, or it'll be like an email. I guess that's But fair. I can get to it Monday. Yeah, just I'm thinking about how like, you know, something you could just like have to like drop at a moment's notice or something like I wouldn't have to ever do that. I mean, if it's 500 square feet, which is half our apartment, like that's not, People, that's not my highest priority. But if it's an entire building and it's 90,000 square feet, we're going to make something work. I'm just envisioning you just blackout giving some person a tour of an office it would never be like that i have to be able to drive it wouldn't uh i don't know yeah i guess it wouldn't have to be like that until it maybe in your happens in your uh fantasy i just like blackout trying to figure out how to operate a lease i can only uh i can only dream you can only dream about me being a dumbass. Just because I've been in scenarios with my work that I've had to like hop on a call. Not when I'm blackout or anything, but obviously just like doing other things. Um, like for example, a freaky deaky parking lot as we were like going to the music festival. I probably won't find myself in a situation like that. No. Well, yeah, because your time off is legit time off and I scheme and work in the car sometimes. Exactly. Which is and I can schedule around it much more. My stuff's m- mine's like way more phone call based. You know what I mean? And if I'm filling out a, a lease or a letter of intent, I'm just filling shit out on my laptop. Yeah, it's a very dope. interesting line of work. I S- like it. Speaking of work, I'm excited about this uh, San Diego trip I got. In yeah, May. when is that? May. It's like mid-May, but our company's taken us to San Diego. And they took us last year um, to Napa Valley. It took the whole company. Seemed amazing. Except for like you know some of the interns and some of the you know very recent new hires. But around 300, 350 of us, they probably spent, I don't know, like a couple mil for sure. A lot. It, it costs a lot to get people out so there. So much money. Um, flew everyone, even like our, our people in London, like our London offices. Oh, really? You had international fuckers there? Yeah, we have offices in London. That's and, pretty sick. And every, the whole company's invited. But if they spent like five or so mil in Napa, we have at least 400 to 450 employees now. And everyone's invited and just running it back and... You get a plus one in San Diego, dude. No, I I wish. Did they used to do that or something? Yeah, before I got hired on um, last January, I guess it would be 2020, the 2019 or 2018, right before COVID happened, they had a big Christmas party in Austin at like the Fairmont, and they flew everyone down slash bust everyone down. Um, you know, everyone from like you know New York, even the remote employee, you know, the company wide trip. So they paid for everyone's travel to get to Austin. Um, but there was a huge Christmas party. 
they stayed there in Austin for like three days, did like spa activities. There's stuff other than just like, you know, it's the last couple of days. So they whole itinerary and everything. Um, but yeah, that Christmas party, uh, everyone can bring like their partners or, you know, a plus one, their significant others or whatever. Your cute roommate. So they used to do that. But unfortunately, uh, in you Napa. You think they bring roommates? Huh? You think people bring roommates or would that be a weird conversation? I think we would have to pull it off as if we're like couples, a couple. I mean, we're more than roommates. We're definitely, uh, our relationships goes far beyond our living arrangements. <laughs> it goes far beyond the lease we signed. This together. was, this was a, a business venture, but it goes, it means a lot. It's more. turned into a love affair. Yeah. It means <laughs> a lot more than just what meets the eye. I know someone's just chuckling right now about that. But yeah, I'm so excited. I've never been to San Diego. That's going to be dope. It'll be cool. Um, going for four days. Don't have to work any of them, obviously. Um, Imagine they send you on a nice trip and they're like, "You still have to work, though." Well, you do like you have like you, if you have client meetings, you got to do stuff like that. But infor- like, You're fortunately, yeah, you can be like on call and you still have to manage your clients and campaigns and anything that is related to their ad spend. But uh, yeah, Napa Valley was so much fun. Um, everyone loves to drink at my company, which is you got to deal with all the numbers, which is somehow. good. Yeah, in Napa, they we they give us shuttles to – we flew into San Francisco. They took us, you know, on buses to Napa, and they just had all the buses and shuttles stocked with, like, coolers of, like, beer. We love that. So immediately you get on the shuttle and just start, you know, hammering IPAs, which is very tasty on a bus to Napa Valley when you're about to just drink wine for, you know, an extended period of time, like four or five days. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what activities we have in Napa. We have They haven't, like, given us – they given us the itinerary, but as far as like the activities, like we had like two or three free days where they're like, you know, in Napa we golfed. You could do a hot air balloon, winery tours, That's crazy. hikes, a um, hot air balloon. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, in that. I chose to golf. Obviously, I mean, I get it, but that's still for golf. Fire. But yeah, they had. You are a little. You're a little hooker for a golf course. I love me some uh some balls. Yeah, some balls and some tees. But uh, yeah, no, it's gonna be dope. I uh. Hopefully we get to golf Torrey Pines. That'd be dope. It's like one of the nicest. Cor- it's one of the nicest courses in all of America. If not, Cali would have just all. It's nice like golf not courses. the world. Yeah, it's super sick. I think it's like two hundred dollars green fees, three hundred dollars green gross. fees. It's kind of like Pe- Pebble Beach, but Pebble Beach is like a thousand. This is all gonna be like tax write offs. So I think it's just like you know like for the company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, they're spending so much money, but you know, scheming it in a way they make it like, work. Yeah. Well, this has been a good podcast back. I would like to end it and I'm not I'm not putting you on blast, but uh it wouldn't be a episode of growing up yelling without a manky story of debauchery and dumbassery. I don't even know where this is going. Um so like I said, this is a this is a perfect episode because it's a funny story about Manky. But a few weeks ago, Greenlight Social opened up. And uh, one of our friends decided to get bottle service. And Greenlight's really cool. It's it's really cool, honestly. And uh, the way it's set up, there's like a dance floor. And the bottle service sections are in kind of a half circle around. It's one of the only few places I really enjoy going out anymore right yeah. now. Because I'm kind of like, like... if we're clubbing, we're going to go to Greenlight. Because we've been and, chill otherwise. And like only Greenlight. Because like yeah. I just... I don't know. Like... Bottle blown makes my ears bleed. feels weird just saying you're 25 and you're kind of over going out all the time but i just am yeah green light just it's fun it's like got you go through cycles the exact like music that we like and that we chill to and lots of space for you know moving around um but 
enough about how much we like it. There's there's a high wall around the sections, the VIP sections. Apparently, allegedly, allegedly there's allegedly. a high wall. Uh, and by high, I mean it comes up to like my neck, so it's like five or six feet off the ground. And that wall is the back of the booths that are in the VIP sections. And Mankey was sitting at the highest point of said VIP sections. And uh, I didn't get to see, unfortunately. And boy, would I have given a lot to experience it. But I guess he was sitting up there and took a slight tumble off the back. I didn't know there wasn't a back to this alleged table that sits up about six to seven feet again this is all this is all just a word of mouth this is hearsay but apparently he fell and like a hamster out of your hand just right on his back onto the ground i'm fine he's fine now someone i I, someone i I couldn't get out of bed for a full week (laughs) you were immobilized for a long time i went to one of the urgent care doc in the boxes because i was just in so much pain they uh, they gave me some like muscle relaxers and really just kind of sent me on our, sent me on my way because they didn't do X rays X rays. I thought it was like broken or something like just internally fucked up, like a slipped disc or something. So they just you know give me some uh, slight medicine, just some muscle relaxers. Sent me on my day. Like yeah, I'll probably get better by tomorrow the next day. Um, a couple days go by. I still in so much pain. I'm still immobilized. I can't even move. It hurts to like breathe, take a deep breath even. So I go to the ER. Never do that unless you're actually dying cuz my yeah, fuck a doc cuz my ER bill is uh pretty you know. We don't need to get into specifics. I guess it's just like all essentially all they did was give me a shot and some more painkillers. Um but they're like, "Yeah, I don't think that anything else is wrong. Um I think it's just a severe bruise. Uh it should get better in the next couple of days." Thank God it did, but I ended up having to pay so much just for that ER visit. But yeah, look where you're standing. Look where you're sitting. Eyes up always. I My favorite part of the story was uh, one of the girls that was there said she watched you fall and you didn't even hesitate after you hit the ground. You just hopped up and sprinted away and just disappeared. I mean, I just don't remember that at all, but at least it, it seems like I could have mo- I was moving fine then. I just, you know. The alcohol was keeping your back secure until you. Dude, I called you. It was so funny. I was like, because I wanted to make sure you got home because I left before you. And you just answer the phone. And I can just see you standing outside of Greenlight holding your back because you groan and you're like, oh, you're like, my back's fucked. And I was just <laughs> like, what happened? And you're like, I don't know. I was like, did you fall? And you're like, I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't know what <laughs> happened, dude. I think someone must have pushed me. I don't know. Someone must have pushed you, right? Because, again, this is all hearsay. Like, we don't really for sure know what happened. I I couldn't tell you what happened. <laughs> well, like I said, it wouldn't be a Growing Up Young podcast episode without a <laughs> funny manky story. Or a funny story, nonetheless. This has been a beautiful experience back. I hope to, uh, we, Manky and I, hope to keep this going for the long term now as we develop a legit recording schedule yeah Yeah, maybe just catch us uh if you if you prefer to watch i know we had some recorded episodes on video we'll get that figured now that i have a paycheck we're gonna we're gonna get this up to par this is a good episode or uh, a reintroduction it's the comeback season season two 
Stay tuned. Or one. I don't even. At this point, who fucking knows? We do, we're just in the trenches. This could even be season four or five. Who really knows? I definitely, I definitely don't. But um, yeah. I guess we'll catch you on the next one. This has been fun. Love you guys. Bye.